0: Today we'll talk about a UNESCO World Heritage Site developed from the 9th through the 13th centuries in Chongqing. Famed for its unique rock carvings, the site has caught the public's attention again recently due to its unfortunate connection with climate change. In August, the world's first international forum, focusing on the connections between cave temple conservation and climate change, was held in southwest China's Chongqing municipality. During the three-day forum, participants from home and abroad, including representatives of the International Council on Monuments and Sites, exchanged experiences in rock carving protection, and stressed the need for international cooperation to address challenges posed by intensified climate change. When the forum concluded, participants issued an open letter called the Dazu Declaration on Cave Temple Conservation in the Context of Climate Change. The forum was held in Chongqing because it's the home of the Dazu Rock Carvings, a UNESCO World Heritage Site comprising more than 50,000 statues, with many dating back more than a 1,000 years. The series of rock carvings are hewn from sandstone outcroppings at 75 different sites across five mountains in Dazu, an area about 100 kilometers away from the Chongqing city center. The five mountains, Beishan, baodingshan nanshan shijuan and Shirmunshan converge into a natural rock art gallery rock carved temples originated in ancient india as a means of spreading buddhist beliefs around the third century the tradition was introduced to china over mountains and deserts along the silk road during the fourth and ninth centuries Grottoes flourished most notably in North China at sites such as Dun Huang in Gansu Province, Yungang in Shanxi Province, and Longmen in Hunan Province. In the late ninth century, grottoes in the north had already fallen from prominence. However, in southwest China, along the Yangtze River, craftsmen still hammered away and created the last stunning masterpieces in the history of Chinese rock art. The earliest rock carving in Dazu started from Beishan in the latter years of the Tang Dynasty, which lasted from 618 to 907. In the year 892, Prefecture Governor Wei Junjing commanded the carving of Vaisravana, one of the four heavenly kings in Buddhist mythology, in order to gain redemption for the numerous killings he committed during his military career his example was followed by prefectural officials local gentry monks and nuns and even ordinary people after the fall of the tang dynasty into the succeeding five dynasties and ten kingdoms period the practice reached its peak during the song dynasty in the 13th century of all the rock carved sites in dazu the most extensive and impressive is baoding shan completed between 1174 and 1252 during the song dynasty Bauding Shan is the only site reflecting the development of Buddhist teachings. Bauding Shan carvings were laid out on all sides of a horseshoe-shaped gorge based on the overall plan of a local monk named Zhao Jirfeng. Built by Zhao as a center to disseminate Buddhist teachings, the carvings are divided into two groups. The first and smaller group is known as the Small Buddha Bend carved on top of the mountain in close connection with the Temple of Holiness and Longevity. The second group is known as the Big Buddha Bend and consists of a sequence of 31 monumental tableaux to the west of the temple. Through these carvings, Zhao Jirfeng hoped to create a place of instruction and for performing rituals for Vajrayana, a Buddhist tradition focusing on mystical concepts and practices as a path to enlightenment. Particular prominence was given to an indigenous tradition based on the teachings of Leo Bunzun, a Tang Dynasty Buddhist layman. Leo was an enigmatic figure who is said to have observed austerities, practiced incantations, and sacrificed parts of his body to subjugate evil spirits and save lives. These miraculous deeds attracted a large base of lay followers, including both the lower classes and the local gentry. The Bauding Shan carvings not only built on the earlier cave temple traditions, but also broke new ground in the development of Chinese religious and art history. In religious terms, they differ from earlier examples in that they show how the three main religions, Buddhism, Taoism, and Confucianism, come together by integrating the gods of Buddhism with immortals of Taoism and deities worshipped by common Chinese at the time. The carved scenes reflect a moral call for the punishment of evildoers as well as offer encouragement for people to do good and control desires. In artistic terms, they apply a new realistic style and seek to come as close as possible to the popular Chinese culture of the day in terms of the selection of subject matter. For example, there is a series of carvings depicting parental love for their children, telling stories such as praying for pregnancy, giving birth, feeding, and taking care of the child, parting with the child upon adulthood, and still caring about how the child lives his life. The Dazu rock carvings are the most outstanding manifestations of the latest period in Chinese rock art, demonstrating indigenous artistic value and exquisite craftsmanship. After Dazu, Chinese rock art virtually came to an end. Standing up to a millennium of wear and tear, These magnificent artworks are under constant threat from natural elements such as water and wind. In 1952, the Dazu Rock Carvings Academy was established with its primary aim to protect and restore the carvings. One of its signature projects is the eight-year restoration of the thousand-armed Avalokitesvara in Baudingshan. Avalokitesvara is also known as the goddess of mercy or guanyin in Chinese engraved in the face of a cliff ranging from fifteen to thirty meters in height the statue itself is about seven point seven meters high and twelve and a half meters wide normally a guanyin statue has ten arms but this one in Baoding shan has one thousand and seven arms pointing to different directions with one eye carved on each hand the statue was originally carved in the southern song dynasty with no colors but later Craftsmen of the Qing dynasty added to its magnificence with gold plating and vibrant color elements. After more than 800 years, the rare artwork had fallen into a state of disrepair. In 2007, when a delegation from the National Cultural Heritage Administration was making a field study there, one of its fingers snapped off all of a sudden. Gazing at the scene, delegation members' eyes welled up with tears. In the following year, the thousand-armed Avalokitesvara was designated as the number one project for protection of national-level stone cultural relics. As there had been no domestic or international experience to draw on for such a large-scale restoration, the preliminary research alone took three years. According to Chen Hui Li, director of the Academy's Conservation Center, The statue exhibited at least 34 different kinds of problems on 830 arms, ranging from broken fingers to peeling gold plating. Chen and her team did extensive research and traveled to Sichuan, Hebei, and Shandong provinces to try to work out the methods and materials for the repair. For instance, the reinforcement of gold plating requires a stable and durable adhesive and it took the team more than 100 experiments to finally decide on the most appropriate material, which had to be suited to the sandstone texture as well as to the local hot and humid weather conditions. As a pioneer in the restoration of large immovable cultural relics, the project was honored as a National Excellent Cultural Relic Restoration Project in 2017. Now restored to its primetime splendor, the thousand-armed Avalokitesvara once again shines as the most spectacular attraction in Bauding Shan. After this project, the Dazu Rock Carvings Academy has sought to restore the rock carvings as close to their original conditions as possible through the combination of traditional engineering and modern technology. Also, a monitoring and early warning platform has been established through the use of big data. The power of digital technology will inject new vitality into this thousand-year-old rock art gallery. Dazu rock carvings first became known to international academicians in the 1940s through the introduction of Liang Sicheng, father of modern Chinese architecture and designer of the Chinese national emblem. In recent years, experts on Dazu have been collaborating with peers from Italy, the U.S., Germany, Japan, India, and Pakistan, to carry out scientific studies and restoration work with special attention paid to the control of water permeation and damage from weathering. An exquisite showcase of Chinese art history and craftsmanship, Dazu rock carvings depict the blending of Buddhism, Taoism, and Confucianism while providing fascinating insight into Chinese people's religious and secular lives at the time. And as the effects of climate change continue to ravage the world, the Dazu rock carvings will continue to blaze new trails in relic preservation. Well, that's the end of our podcast. Our theme music is by the famous film score composer Rock Chun. We want to thank our writer Yu Wei Tao, translator Yang Guang, and copy editor Pu Ren. And thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed it And if you did, please tell a friend so they too can understand the context.